Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Alright, well this morning I've titled this Jesus Friend of Sinners. That was the connection time question this morning. Is that Jesus is a friend of sinners because if he wasn't, none of us would be here today. Amen? Let me start off by reading a little story to you. He painted a sign advertising the pups and set about nailing it to a post on the edge of his yard. As he was driving the last nail into the post, he felt a tug on his overalls and he looked down into the eyes of a little boy. Mister, he said, I want to buy one of your puppies. Well, said the farmer as he wiped the sweat off the back of his neck, those puppies come from fine parents and cost a good deal of money. And the boy dropped his head for a moment. Then reaching deep into his pocket, he pulled out a handful of change and held it up to the farmer. I've got 39 cents. Is that enough to take a look? Sure, said the farmer. And with that, he let out a whistle. Here, girl. Here, Dolly, he called. Out ran from the doghouse this beautiful dog, followed by four little puppies of fur. And the little boy pressed his face against the chain link fence. And his eyes danced with delight. As the dogs made their way to the fence, the little boy noticed something else stirring in the doghouse. Slowly, another little ball appeared, this one noticeably smaller. In a somewhat awkward manner, the little puppy began hobbling toward the others, doing its best to catch up. This was clearly the runt of the litter. I want that one, said the boy to the farmer. And the farmer knelt down next to the boy. And he said, son, you don't want that puppy. He'll never be able to run and play like the others. With that, the little boy stepped back from the fence. And he reached down. And he rolled up his pant legs. And running down both sides of his leg was a steel brace that attached itself to his shoe. Looking back up at the farmer, he said, You see, sir, I don't run too well myself, and he will need someone who understands. Isn't that a beautiful story? Amen. Yeah, that's not a found in any books of the Bible, but that story, and really that's how we got our dog. Our dog was Max. He was the little runt. He was the one that could barely make it up the steps when I went to go buy him and pick him up. But at any rate, um, this morning I want to talk to you and, 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 and let you know that we need to praise our Savior because he loved us where we were at. How many know that he loved you where you were at? You may have been in the middle of your sin. You may have been in the middle of a trial. You may have been in the middle of temptation, whatever it was that caused him to draw you to him. You see, he attracts people. Have you ever found something in your life or a person, and there's something about that person that just like, man, I want that. I want that. And God works through us, right? He works through each of us. And that's called his Holy Spirit drawing you to him. The, the Bible says that he draws all men unto him, all men and women and children. He draws them unto him. Because we desire something he has that we do not have. Amen? Now, here's the sad, sad reality. 
the sad reality of our modern day church. When a person walks in through the doors of a church, and I'm not talking about our church specifically, I'm not talking about our church, but I know that there are other churches that people will walk in through their doors and nobody would ever greet them because they've judged them at that moment. They said, oh, I can't say hi to that person. That person looks like he's homeless and he stinks. I'm not going to go anywhere near him or her. Or that person looks like they're from the other side of the tracks. That person looks like they're all strung out. You know, you fill in the blank. And our modern day church can be so hypocritical. And I know that's the truth because we've all been to places like that where we see how believers treat other people, even believers, but especially with unbelievers. They judge them upon just seeing them. And in reality... Jesus never did that to anybody. He never did that to any of you. If he had done that to you, you would not be here today. I promise you, you would not be here today except for his mercy and his grace. How attractive would it be if everybody that walks in, just like our visitor that we had last week, Tom, who accepted the Lord here for the very first time in his life. Give him a hand clap. Give the Lord a hand clap. Can I just share this too about, about Tom? I met Tom over a week ago at my workplace. His car broke down in front of my work. His car broke down. See, God's bringing people not only to church, but to my workplace to speak about God to them. His car broke down. I gave him a jump. Didn't work. I talked to him. I said, where are you from? I'm from American Canyon. I go, oh, really? I pastor a church in American Canyon. That wasn't by accident that God broke him down right in, in the parking lot where I work. And so... We couldn't get his car started, but I called AAA. I said, well, let me help you out. Called AAA, had him towed back to American Canyon. And he's here trying to repay, he's trying to repay me with a flashlight, anything he had on his, himself. And I said, no, don't worry about it. I just want to help you out. And then I, I pulled out a card. I said, here, our church service starts at 10 o'clock. We'd love to have you here. And, and he's, he's going through some stuff right now, just like all of us. And God touched him here last week. He's, he's told me he wants to be coming back. So keep praying for him. His name is Tom. But again, God, God allowed him to come here and you all loved on him. You welcomed him when you saw him. Amen. And that's what we need to do. That's what the church needs to project is love. Not be judgmental of somebody and just the minute someone comes in and then you, everybody's eyeing them. Oh, oh I, I think that skirt's a little too short. Um, <laughs> What's up with his hair? No, no. See, the Lord never did that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Where would we be without that? And I'm serious. As I was, as I was praying about this last night, even studying it, uh, I was starting to get emotional just thinking that, Lord, if it hadn't been for your mercy and grace, I wouldn't be here today. If it hadn't been for your mercy and grace, none of you would be here today. Amen. Sometimes the church can be the most condemning place of all. But God help us that, that we, we project love, sincere love. Just welcoming pre, uh, people into this place goes a long ways. Some people that will come in through these doors have never felt love before. Real love, sincere love. I've had people tell me, you didn't know me, yet you welcomed me. Well, that's what Christ would have done. Amen? Amen. That's what Christ would have done. I'm glad this church is not like that. I'm so glad our church is not like that. Now, don't misunderstand me. God doesn't condone sin, 
But he doesn't judge you in that moment. He doesn't judge you. What he's trying to say is, hey, I recognize where you're at. Let's, let's work at this together. And together we'll walk through this. Amen? He doesn't ever, he's not ever content to leave you in your condition. Amen? Thank you. The Word of God describes him as being a righteous God, a holy God. Amen? And because of that, he cannot be in the presence of sin. He'll, he'll lead you and guide you, but he can't be in the presence of sin. So I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm saying or minimizing what the Holy Spirit does or the job of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, we, we know that how, uh, how we're so imperfect in life, right? Each of us falls short of the glory of God. Each of us do. But we should not sit in judgment of others. Never should we sit in judgment of others. You know, you can sit here. You can stand here, whether it's in church or outside, and say, yeah, but Pastor you don't know what he did. You don't know what she did to me. You don't know what she said. Yeah, we've all been there. How many have been there before? People have said things. People have done things, actions. And, and that might cause you to have this unforgiving spirit or worse, a judgmental spirit, which is not a God, amen? God forgives all. Those that want forgiveness, He forgives. At this time, I want to play a video and I want you to see this and there's a lesson here that we're going to touch on this morning. Amen. You recognize that video? You recognize that story in the Bible? 
And that's the prostitute that comes up or is caught in the act of adultery. Right now we have an ushers, they're passing out rocks to you right now. Now, that's scary for me. You know why? Because I'm speaking. And each of you are going to have a rock. All right? But uh, just hold on to the rock for a moment, for, for a bit. At the end of the service, we're going to do something with that. Uh, those are from my backyard. I just want you to know I wash those myself. But here, what did we learn in that video we just watched? Number one, Jesus was a southpaw. Did you notice that? <laughs> just kidding. That's humor. What we learned is he didn't condemn the sinner. Yet, the Bible tells us in that illustration, and we're going to read, I want you to turn to John chapter 8 in your Bible. We're going to read that text, John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. But before we read that, sometimes in our, in our world, sometimes in our daily life, we, we can tend to think that everything's black and white. How many know that not everything is black and white in this world? You know, yes, there's good, there's bad, there's evil, there's, there's goodness, there's right, there's wrong. But not everything is always black and white. Sometimes there's areas of, how do you handle this? How many have ever been in a situation like that? You have to have wisdom and know how to handle that. Well, Jesus, Jesus transcended each situation that he came upon. He went above and beyond how you and I would have normally handled that. And he transcended every situation. In fact, the Bible really describes him as the most non-judgmental person you ever would have met. Even think of your worst day here today. Think of your worst actions as a person, as a, as a man, as a woman. Think of your worst actions. God still would have told you, I love you. He still would have told you, I love you. And would have been non-judgmental to you at that moment. Do you know that? Do you know that? Do you really know that? He would have told you, I love you. Now, is he content to leave you that way? No. No. Far from it. He wants to tell you that he loves you. And he wants to say, look, together we can handle this. We can walk through this together. Amen? How many are thankful for his grace, his mercy, his truth, his love this morning? Amen? Amen. Again, John 3.17, the scripture verse that we had this morning before we read our text said this, God did not send his son to condemn the world. Let me repeat that again. God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So there are times where we have to be hit up the head right here with truth. Amen. There are times where you have to scold your kids, don't you? It's not pleasant, but there are times we have to do that. But, how many know that love triumphs over all? Love triumphs over all. That was one of the lessons that Jesus was showing this lady in that story, that parable of the prostitute, of the adulterous woman. It was the adulterous woman. I, I'm sorry, I said prostitute. She was caught in the very act. Amen. Let's read this. Let's read this this morning. Won't you stand with me this morning just for the reading of this text? John chapter 8 and verse 1. It says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, 
This woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? Verse 6, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus, but Jesus, okay, everybody say, but Jesus, but Jesus. bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Let's pray this morning. Father God, oh, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. Father, where would we be? Every one of us here, including me, where would we be without your love and your mercy? Thank you, Lord, for showing us, for illustrating that to us in your word. Lord, that we are to be people of mercy, that we are to be people of love and forgiveness. Father, I pray your blessings upon your word this morning. May we, Lord, first of all, open our hearts to receive it. And Lord, may you bless us. May you encourage us. May we grow and have that desire to be the person of Christ that you want us to be. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. There's a lot going on there. But here, this, this whole parable, this whole story is painting a picture of God's mercy and grace. Because there you and I go, right there. It may not have been adultery, but you and I were there at some point. You and I were filling out some sin prior to meeting Jesus. I don't care who you were. I don't care how good you think you were or how uh, super saint you are. You were at some point a sinner going to hell because you had not yet given your life to Christ. Can I, can I get an amen? amen? Amen. It's His grace, His mercy, His truth that helps you to recognize your condition. You cannot or desire to make a change until you realize your condition. And it's not until you realize your condition that you desire to make a change. So this woman, can you imagine? I mean, brought in front of people from a place where she was caught red-handed... But the Bible, did you know that the, the law of Moses taught that the both of them, the man and the woman, should have been stoned? They only brought the woman, and that was a trap. They were trying to set Jesus up, as the, as the scripture pointed out. They were trying to set him up to try to give, have him say a wrong answer, because just the woman was there. And, and Jesus transcended that whole situation. He did something that they were not expecting. He went somewhere where they were not expecting that. Amen? He's a God who loves sinners. He's a God who loves sinners. And He reaches out to them in grace, forgiveness, and love. Every single one that would walk into these doors, every single one that you come in contact with, God would have you love on them. Uh, there's been many times, I'm sure each of you have met someone that you would consider 
un, undesirable, right? Somebody in your, you could be related to, it could be the person sitting next to you. But at some point, somebody has come into your life by accident, by breaking down on the road, maybe they have a sign, homeless, and, and you would consider them an undesirable, and you have nothing to do with it. You have nothing in your heart that would want to help that person. Let's not be quick to judge everybody, amen? Let's not quick, be quick to just judge the book by its cover, amen? Just because a lot of homeless people take advantage of that situation doesn't mean everybody's like that, amen? Uh, sure, there are con people and hucksters out there trying to take advantage of, of that, but how about allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to you that they might receive help, amen? Try that sometime. Just like Jesus did here. So first of all, I want to cover three, a few points here. Number one, the woman, her sin. This woman was caught in the very act of it. Let me tell you today, there does not go a thing in your lifetime. Nothing goes by that the Lord is not already aware of. Do you know that there's not a thing you can hide from the Lord today? The Lord is aware of everything. So if everything is already transparent to the Lord, why not fess up to it? Why not just say, Lord, I need you. Forgive me. Forgive me. Because here's the thing. We're not perfect. None of us are perfect. If, if you were perfect, you wouldn't have to say that. But we do fail. We do fall. And all of us have had to say, Lord, forgive me. And, and this woman here caught in, in, in the act, then brought out, shamed, humiliated in front of God knows how many, doesn't say how many there were, there's just numerous people were there, caught red-handed, now thrown in the middle of this group of people that maybe she knew, maybe she didn't know. Just know this, your sin will find you out at some point. Your sin will find you out. And that's not a threat, that's just saying that nothing is ever done in secret. Nothing is ever done in secret. It will always come out. So it's better to come out and just say, Lord, forgive me. Better to just own up to it and, and then begin to walk in forgiveness. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, we need to, as believers, be especially aware of that, especially conscious of that. That If we do anything that, that falls short of the glory of God, which we all do, we all fall short of the glory of God, we need to confess that sin. Now, sin can be a very shameful thing. If, if you remember when I asked you, think back of your worst time. That can be a very shameful thing for some of us, depending on where you may have been, what you have done, you know. No matter how much you hid it from the eyes of men, it can be a shameful thing, especially when we know the fact that the Lord knows about it and sees all. Amen? He knows all. Saddest, the saddest of all, though, is the truth that it will one day be revealed. If you do not confess that to the Lord... All those sins will be revealed on the day of judgment. The Bible says all your sins. And, and I don't know how it's all going to play out. All I know is we will stand before the Lord if we're unbelievers. Unbelievers will stand before the Lord. And all of their actions that they did wrong, evil, sinfully will be played out. And we will have no recourse. We will have nothing to say in that court of law at that moment. There will be nothing. There will be no public defender to defend you at that point. There will be nobody but a prosecuting attorney uh, attorney saying, you are guilty. Boom. Guilty as charged. 
But thank God for his mercy and grace. Amen. Give him a hand clap this morning for his mercy and grace. Church, I, I really want you to understand we are nothing without his mercy and his grace this morning. We are nothing without his mercy and grace. This woman, at that moment, she realized she was in the hands of somebody that was unlike anybody she had ever met. She realized that this person was showing compassion where she knew she should have been stoned, I mean killed. All of a sudden she's re receiving compassion. And that compassion, that led her to repentance, which led her to begin a new life. Do you see how when we love on people and show them compassion, they will want what you and I have. They will desire that. But, but the opposite is so true. If you don't ever greet people and love on them as they come in through these doors, do you think they're ever going to, number one, want to have anything to do with this church or have anything to do with you? No. I wouldn't. I'd be, see ya. Bye, Felicia. Ain't got time for you. Right? I'm out of here. I want to have people that love me. I want to have people that welcome me. I want to have people that accept me. Amen? So that's what we need to be is accepting, loving people. Number, well, let's go on. There was her sentence. Her sentence. Her accusers were absolutely correct. She should have been stoned and stoned to death for her sin. But there was a problem here. Where was her partner? Again, he wasn't there intentionally. They were trying to set Jesus up. They were clearly trying to set him up because the, the, the Old Testament law declared that both of them should have been present. Both of them should have been stoned to death right there at that point. Well, the reason he wasn't there because they were trying to set Jesus up again. See, here's the, here's the reality. Nobody gets away with sin. He didn't get away with sin. He was going to face his own, his own reckoning. That day of reckoning was going to come to him. Don't ever think nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going on. I can keep doing this. Nobody will ever find out. God knows. That's enough right there. God knows. Amen. God knows. Nobody gets away with sin. Romans 6.23 declares that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. What does God give you as believers? The gift of life. Eternal life. But see back before we were a believer. Our wages or what was coming to us. Our reckoning. What we earned was death. Death meaning separation from Christ in an eternal place called hell. That was our destination. That was what the paycheck said. Payable to Rick Mendez. That was, my, that was what I earned. But then I said, Lord, here, take this from me. Come into my life and no longer do I have that check written out to me. Now it's written out eternal life. Amen. And each of you here today that call yourselves a believer, you now have the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful Beautiful thing. All because of his compassion, his love, and his grace. Amen? Amen? And I realized that I deserved death. I deserved everything that was coming to me. But Lord Jesus stepped in and he took care of that for me. Oh, I, I can never repay him. You see, he's the only one that offers the hope. He's the only one that could have stepped in for this woman and for each of us. He's the only one that could do that. Never think, church, this morning, never think that Jesus doesn't care for you. Let me say that again. Never think that Jesus does not care for you. 
But the sad reality is sometimes we'll go through that period, that phase, where seemingly nobody cares for me, nobody understands what I'm going through, and God, I know you don't care for me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I just want to tell you that right now. In the name of Jesus, you need to rebuke that and say, Lord, you're a compassionate God. You're a loving God. You love me. Amen? Never think that Jesus does not care for you. Let's just settle that right now. He is your friend. If he's the sinner's friend, how much more of a friend is he to you? You that have been bought by his blood, saved, washed, renewed in him. How much more does he care for you? Amen? See, the the Pharisees, when they came out there, there, how many know that they were very legalistic? It was all about following the letter of the law. And you know, in our day and age, there are still places like that. There are places that are legalistic and will throw stones at you the minute they see you. And, and, And that breaks my heart to know that those places exist. But these Pharisees, that's all they cared about, is while well, she did wrong, it's black and white, here, let's stone her. There was no compassion, no mercy, no grace whatsoever in this situation. These legalists, religious men, Pharisees, were just like some people today. And God help us that our church would never become like that. Amen? I pray that our church would never, ever become like that. And if it does, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to straight up talk to you and say... That's not the way we handle business here. That's not the way Jesus would have done it. Amen? See, those people couldn't care less about Jesus. Every one of us need to be cognizant. That person has a soul. That, you know what I say sometimes? Um, I used to say uh, with anybody that would walk by that would cause me to even maybe tempted, be tempted to judge somebody. I would say, there goes somebody's daughter. There goes somebody's son. It's a reminder, a trigger to me that because I'm a dad, I know what that feels like to have children. If I remind myself, well, there goes somebody's um, grandson, granddaughter, uh, it reminds me they're personal. They're, they're personable. It, it personalizes the whole situation to me. So I realize, okay, they may not be perfect just like me, like my kids, my grandkids. And it personalizes it. And it snaps me back to reality to realize they're God's child. Just like you are. You're God's child here today. Amen? And we shouldn't be judging these people like the Pharisees were doing. Things haven't changed, have they? We have a lot of judgmental people still in in our world today. Amen? We have a lot of judgmental people in our world. Well, what did, what did Jesus do? He... What, what was he doing at that time? Do you remember, the, recalling the story in the text we just read, he bent down on the ground? And he began to write some things on the ground. And he did that twice, the Bible says. He, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground twice. And I'm going to tell you this morning what I believe he wrote. Now, first of all, did he, did he, did he write the names of the Pharisees' girlfriends on the dirt? Maybe. Did he write sins that they were doing on the ground? Did he write them out? And that caused them to drop the rocks that they had, the stones that they were going to use. Because remember, he said, he that is without sin cast that first stone. But when he began to write, they quickly changed their tune, didn't they? When things are brought back in your face, 
we, we, we quickly change our tune, amen? Well, I want to I tell you what that motive was or what was written down. See, after much prayer and, and thought, and you know, this has been debated for 2,000 years, but I believe I have the answer here. And the answer is, I have no idea. I have no idea what he wrote. Nobody knows what he wrote. It doesn't say what he wrote. It does not say what he wrote. Now, the, the point is, whatever he wrote, it spoke to those people. It spoke to them about something that hit home right here in their heart and in their, and in their mind. It hit home. They said, oh, I'm out of here. I don't even want to have anybody talking about that. I thought I was the only person that knew about that. I'm out of here. And they flee and they left because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. All of us have. But what I love about this story, what I love, it even showed it, illustrated in the video. Jesus came and bent down and, and got eye to eye with that woman in sin. He looked at her and he looked at her and said, he, what he was showing her was compassion. What he was showing her was love and mercy and grace. He stooped down to her level to pick her up. Then he brought her back up. And he said, where are your accusers? They're gone? Well, go and sin no more. Now, now say goodbye to that old lifestyle and come walk with me. And begin this new journey of life with purpose. And that's what she began to do at that time. And that's what she needed to hear. Sometimes all we need to hear is somebody that's going to root for you. Somebody that's going to back you up. Somebody that's going to encourage you. And that's what the Lord is here today to remind you of. He's your friend. Amen. No matter what you're going through in life, He's your friend. He wants to walk with you. He wants to pick you up. And He wants to encourage you. Amen. He wants to encourage you. See, Jesus was the only one qualified there to throw that stone. He was, a, he was a lefty. He was a southpaw. So he was the only one qualified to throw that stone. Nobody else there was qualified to do that. He was the only one that was sinless. The Bible says he was without sin. And he was the only one qualified. Yet he didn't judge her. He didn't condemn her. In fact, he said, where are your accusers? He got her up and forgave her from that moment. Amen. See, sometimes it, it, it takes a, a spot in your life of coming to a point in your life where you're at the end of your end, where you just give up and say, Lord, and you're, and you're caught red-handed. Maybe you're at that place or you've known or you were at that place at some point when you can't go on any further. That You've hit the end. You've hit the bottom. You can't go on. It's at that point that Jesus picks you up. Amen. Jesus picks you up and begins to walk with you, encourage you in, in daily life. She found that out right there. She began to experience a relationship with Jesus at that moment. Amen. Just like all of us here have. Amen. But again, the, the main point here is that Jesus didn't condemn the woman. He didn't condemn her. He did not condemn, nor did he condone her actions. He didn't condone it. He didn't say that was okay. He didn't belittle her. He didn't say, what were you thinking? Why did you do that? You should have known better. He didn't do any of that. He didn't say, this is the third time you've been caught this year, which, is, which are things that we would do or jump to because we're so judgmental. We can be. He didn't do any of that. 
what he told the woman after he picked her up, dusted her off. He said, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. That's all Jesus wants for you. He says, go and sin no more. Amen? Go and sin no more. He forgave her. See, Jesus saw someone who was worthy of his love. Every time he sees you, he's reminded that you're worthy of his love. Every one of you are worthy of his love. Amen? Every one of you. And then he promises to give you a new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 where the scripture says that, Behold, all the old has passed away. The new has come. We're a new creation in Christ. We're a new creation in Christ through him. And for me, that was so powerful because the past is forgiven. The past is gone. Now the new has come. I, I can write a new chapter. I can begin a new book. I can, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. He doesn't hold my past against me. He doesn't hold your past against you. No matter what you've done, no matter the shortcomings, amen, give Him glory, give Him honor this morning. Amen, church? He gives you the ability to begin a new life. Amen. He removed the shackles that shackled you as a prisoner. He removed them from her. Have you ever felt like you were bound because of sin? Because sin does that. It binds you. It prevents you from walking in freedom. It prevents you from, from experiencing God's love. The minute he unlocks them, you're free. You're set free. There's no more condemnation. There's no more uh, people pointing their fingers at you. When you're free, when you're free in Christ, no more of that. It's gone forever. Amen? See, Jesus, that's his specialty. He takes broken people, doesn't he? He takes broken people like you and I. And puts them back together. Where was Humpty Dumpty when he needed that? Where was Humpty Dumpty, right? But Jesus takes all of us seriously. In seriousness, he takes all of us when we're at our most broken. And puts us together. And, and, and forms us. And, and we, before we know it, we begin to live a life that we never thought was possible. What is it that you're desiring in your life today? What are your desires? What are your goals? See, you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Amen? You can do all things. See, every person who receives Jesus receives this promise that Jesus is now going to walk with them. The Holy Spirit, Almighty Holy Spirit, is going to be living in them, providing them wisdom, providing them strength on an everyday journey. Amen? And, and this morning, as I close, I want to remind you that it's our job as believers to share God's word without condemnation, without judgment. I'm going to read that scripture again, John 3.17. John 3.17. God did not send his son, everybody say it with me, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And unfortunately, sometimes we have that twisted around, that God sent his son to condemn the world. No, he didn't. He did not. He came so that we might receive compassion and love. Amen. How many here again are thankful for that this morning? See, we, we uh, as believers, we should be reaching out to those we come in contact with. We should be compassionate rather than judgmental. It's our job to invite them to church, to continue to grow this place, to continue to grow our circle of influence. Wherever it is that you go, you have a power and ability through the Holy Spirit of God to love on people. I know sometimes, maybe tomorrow you're going to work and there's that person that's always judging and, you know, 
So, you don't have to be like them. You don't have to be like them. Jesus showed compassion. Some people, we, want, we see them, we walk the other way, right? You know what I'm talking about. We walk the other way. How about just showing them some compassion? Maybe they weren't loved as children. You, you, you don't know their story a lot of times. You don't know that. I always say, maybe they put their pampers on too tight as a kid. Who knows? The point is, our job as believers is to love on them. Show compassion. And, and I'm thankful that our church does an amazing job of that. I really do. Uh, pat yourselves on the back because this church really does love on people that walk in through these doors. Amen. Amen. We don't choose who walks into our life. We don't get the, to choose that. And if you haven't figured that out already, there will be people that come into your life that you're asking yourself, you're asking, Lord, why? It's because God wants you to show compassion on them. He wants you to love on them. The Bible does say love your enemies, doesn't it? It says love your enemies. Amen. We don't necessarily get to pick and choose who we get to love on. The Bible says love everybody. Amen. Now, I don't care if that person comes in smelly, dirty, no shoes. I mean, they got to have clothes on. That's, that's where I'll draw the line. But I don't care how they come in. We ought to love on them. And if they're coming in into your life at some other area, some other point, you love on them. Encourage them. Encourage them. And let them see the light of Christ, the love of Christ in your life. Amen. That is what attracts people. The love of Christ. The love of Christ. The fellowship of believers. The love of Christ. There's an old saying that a person will not know if you care until you show them. How much you care. Amen. Have you ever heard that? person will not know that you care about them until you show them how much you care about them. When you know who you are, the love of God causes you to reach out above and beyond what you thought you could do. Have you ever hugged a, a stinky homeless person? Let's get real here. Have you ever hugged a, a real stinky person? You know, and it's just like, man, I, this is my nice coat and I'm never going to get this. You know what? That's what God wants you to do. God wants you to do it. You can always go home, take a shower. You can always go home, send your clothes to get dry cleaning. But that person needed your love at that moment, didn't he? Or she. They need your love. Don't be judgmental, church. Don't cause yourself to say, oh, no, I won't go there. Amen. Help us, Lord, to not cast judgment, to be free of that, Lord. And so this morning you're wondering, okay, Pastor Rick, I'm about ready to throw this rock at you. Uh, hopefully not. But this is what I want to do this morning. We've done this here before, so maybe for some of you might remember. But I want you to take that, that rock, and we're going to have some music playing here just in the background. But um, I want you to all come forward when I, when, I, when I have you come forward. And I want you to begin to place those rocks up here on the altar. And what you're signifying by doing that is, Lord, I know I am not a person without sin. I know I have sinned. And Lord, I, I cast my judgment. I, I cast my lack of compassion, my lack of love here on this altar. But first I want to start with this. Lord, forgive me for that attitude. Forgive me for being judgmental. For being, forgive me for being uncompassionate. Forgive me for not loving when I should have loved. And when you bring those rocks here just lay them at the altar and just begin and I want you to hang out here with me because we're going to close in prayer so I invite you to come on up here and I'm going to go 
I'm going to go first. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we throw these and cast these stones before you. Before you, Lord. We give up being judgmental. We give up, Lord. You see that, church? Look at these stones right here. That's judgment, lack of compassion, lack of love that you're laying here. And what you're saying is, Lord, I want to be non-judgmental. I want to be compassionate. I want to be loving towards others. And that means everybody that comes into my circle of influence. Because see, every one of you come in contact with people that I don't. Dan comes in contact with people that nobody else does and, and so forth. You must be loving to them. This is what that signifies right here. Don't hold on to those at home. Don't, don't go back up and, and pick that rock up and put it in your pocket and take it home. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You want to let them go. You want to let it go right here. How many want to do that in their life? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, again, we, we thank you for your precious reminder this morning of compassion. Lord, we're reminded, number one, that you love us, that you care for us, that you sent your son to die on a cross for us. Lord, not to condemn this world, but Lord, that we would receive love, compassion, that we would receive eternal salvation, Lord, through you, Father. That means living through you one day at a time, doing the very best we can. We say, Lord, doing our best and letting God do the rest. And Father, when we do that one day at a time, then that's how we're eternally secure, by living one day at a time in you. So Father, we pray that right now, that as we cast these thoughts here and these, these attitudes of judgment here, we lay them at this altar and we pray, Father, forgive us of spirits, of attitudes that have bogged us down, that have held us back, that have held us back from loving the way you want us to love. And Lord, as, as we remind, remember this, this day today, the next time we meet somebody that we feel is maybe not the type of person that we would want to say hi to, Lord, help us to move past that. And, and Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move in us, that they would see the light of Christ shining through us, something that would draw them to you, Lord. Lord, that is my prayer for everyone here, including myself. Lord, first of all, I pray that you forgive us of our attitudes that we've brought here. Forgive us, restore us, fill us with your love, fill us with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, the next time we meet that person, may that compassion and love just flow. May it just be so um, attractive to that person that they would ask of us, How, I, I want to know more about that. How did you receive that? And that we can begin to tell them about this Jesus that's done amazing things in our life. So Lord, I, I pray for everyone here that they might receive that this morning, that wherever they go, Lord, your spirit would walk before them, that it would touch others, that they would see the light of Christ flowing through each of their lives. And Father, we pray that in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Um, take this message. To me, it's, it's vitally important because um, this is where we're living at. This is, 
This is our world today. It's quick to judge. It's quick to judge. And, and, and the Lord wants to remind all of us that we are not to be like that. We are salt and light in this world. And we're not to be like this, casting stones and judging people. That's God's job. God's job is to judge, not ours. Amen? So God bless you. Have a great day. Take this attitude. Walk in, in the light of Christ. May the love of Christ flow through you, flow through you each and every day in Jesus' name. Amen.